we're dealing with twin epidemics, if you will. And, and you can't disassociate one from the other. When you talk about an addict in the street struggling for survival and to get their fix, if you will, on a daily basis, the last thing on their mind is COVID precautions, wearing a mask, being able to wash their hands on a daily basis, being able to go to a vaccination site and get their vaccine, you know. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm Andrea Pineda Salgado. While our attention has been focused on the COVID-19 pandemic, there's been an epidemic ravaging communities across New York City, one that's seeing no signs of slowing down. Last year, the National Association of Addiction Treatment Providers discovered that 43% of addiction treatment centers had reduced their capacity during the height of the pandemic. 10% of them shut down entirely. Along with this news, the CDC estimated 93,000 overdose deaths in 2020. That's the highest number of overdose deaths in one year ever. And the majority involved opioids. And despite organizations doing their best to help neighbors get treatment, the sheer magnitude of the problem leaves them treading water. Today, Epicenter's podcast production intern, Sam Zacker, connects with two people who are fighting to educate some of the most vulnerable communities in New York about how we can all come together to save lives. Roy Kears is with Samaritan Daytop Village, he leads the agency's efforts to create a recovery-oriented system of care and helps with broader outreach efforts. And Louis Laboy is an advocate for those in need of drug addiction prevention, treatment, recovery, and harm reduction. Before we begin, a quick message from our friends and sponsors at McKinsey & Company. People who are rich will take care of themselves. They're fine. But people who are regular, you know, I, I want to see what opportunities can we afford them. That's Jeffrey Seller, producer of Hamilton, talking about how he created a lottery to provide $10 premium tickets to give more equitable access to orchestra seats. And by the way, I've never said that out loud before. He's featured in a recent edition of Intersection, McKinsey's weekly newsletter that shares stories about diversity, gender equality, and inclusion check out McKinsey's Intersection newsletter at mckinsey.com forward slash intersection. And thanks. Now, back to the show. Here's Sam's conversation with Roy and Lewis. Thank you so much for both taking the time to speak with me today. I really appreciate it. Roy, can you start out by quickly introducing yourself and also giving us the zoomed out view of what's going on? My name is Roy Kears. I'm the Vice President of Recovery Services and Community Partnerships for Samaritan Daytop Village. And we serve many clients who have been affected by both the pandemic and the epidemic. And that's the problem that we're faced with in the Bronx and all our communities across New York City and New York State is that we're dealing with twin epidemics, if you will. And, and you can't disassociate one from the other when you talk about an addict in the street struggling for survival and to get their fix, if you will, on a daily basis, the last thing on their mind is COVID precautions, wearing a mask, 
being able to wash their hands on a daily basis, being able to go to a vaccination site and get their vaccine, you know. That's why it's critical to get these folks into treatment and into some sort of care, because while they're in the pursuit of their addiction, they're neglecting their everyday health care, the things we take for granted, and some of the measures that have been put in place to turn the pandemic around in relationship to COVID are not taking place because people are chasing drugs. Last year, we had over 93,000 overdoses across the country. And in New York State, this is over 21% increase in the number of overdoses. People are dying frequently, rapidly, and it's at increase despite our best efforts, despite all the work that's being done, all the money that's being poured into the effort, people are dying more and more. And Lewis, I know part of your work is with the Bronx Opioid Impact Collective. Can you talk a bit about what you're seeing on the ground? We go out three times a week. I'm with them on Thursdays. And what we're noticing when we first started, what was being complained about was the huge number of syringes on the ground. And as a team, we responded to go and pick those up, to go and educate the drug user. Eventually, the parks department got involved and they developed these kiosks. Uh, The community was outraged by these kiosks, but we began to teach uh, the users to dispose of their needles into these kiosks. In the beginning, we were collecting about ourselves, about a thousand needles, practically every three days or so. That was in St. Mary's Park. And can you talk about the biggest issues that volunteers and organizations are facing right now? The biggest thorn right now that we are experiencing is that a lot of these individuals in the South Bronx do not have ID. And to get ID, we need ID. So we tried city ID, but city ID requires ID to get an ID. So it's an issue. It is time consuming. It takes time. So we, you, we lose a lot of them out there chasing, like Roy was sharing. Uh, we lose them because as we're in the process of collecting the information and sending in applications to get a social security card or a welfare ID card or something like that, you know, they're, they're very impulsive, they're transient, and they kind of, kind of disappear. An, another thorn for us is that the community itself like the business owners, small business owners, are suffering from the from the loitering, the people that are coming into these neighborhoods to buy drugs and sell drugs. So what happens is we get a lot of rejection from business owners when we're trying to help people. A lot of them don't look at it as something, as individuals that need help, that, that humanity is missing. A lot of people that don't understand addiction stigmatize. Well, that's just another addict. But it's a continued struggle, and we slowly engage the community and educate everyone. So do you think that there are enough resources available to address all of this? You know, we do outreach on Monday morning. We clean up the streets in front of, um, across the street from from AutoZone, uh, Bergen Avenue, uh, St. Mary's, and, and Patterson playground and the next day is all littered all over again right so the amount of need in the community is a lot more than what a couple of agencies can provide and we can't give up 
we can accept whatever rejections we're getting from the community and other people. We just have to continue. And that's what we're doing. Despite what other people might think, we know. We know the solution. And finally, Roy, before we wrap up, if there was one thing you could tell people about how this epidemic has affected the city, what would it be? You know, um, Sam, you know, the one takeaway we want your listeners to take away is that drug addiction, nobody has immunity against it, you know. It's a problem for the entire community. But the thing about overdose is it is a preventable condition. It is preventable. Nobody has to lose a life to overdose. And if we work together as a community, as Lewis was pointing out, in collaboration, if, if the prevention provided, along with the treatment provided, along with the recovery capacity in this city and in this town, along with harm reduction provided, if we all work together and throw all our resources, this is a problem that requires all of our resources, you know, it requires parents, it requires husbands, wives, children, everybody have to be involved in this effort because the people who are dying are our sisters and brothers, our mothers and fathers. These are the people being affected by overdose. It's, nobody's immune to it. To learn more about the ways you can help, you can contact the Samaritan Village at 718-206-2000, the Bowen Center at info at bowencsc.org, or the Bronx Opioid Collective Impact Project at bronxopioidcollective.org. We've also linked to these organizations in our show notes. For some of us, life seems like it's getting back to some semblance of normalcy, but let's make sure we're not leaving anyone behind. Next, I'm excited to introduce to you one of our neighbors and a new member of the Epicenter team, Sam Zacker. You might already know Sam's voice from her interviews in recent episodes. She's our podcast production intern and a senior at Hamilton College. Sam is passionate about mental health advocacy and has been eager to bring issues like opioid addiction to the forefront since she's joined. Hey, my name is Sam Zacker. I am Epicenter NYC's podcast production intern for this fall. You just heard from me in that interview with Roy and Lewis about the opioid crisis in New York City. I wanted to do a story on the opioid epidemic for a couple of different reasons. Unfortunately, I know a bit about addiction firsthand. Substance use disorder runs in my family, and I am very familiar with the negative impacts it can have on children and other family members. Also, I'm a big documentary watcher. I recently saw one on the opioid crisis in the United States, but it mostly focused on rural areas. I knew that the opioid epidemic was also present in New York City, so I wanted to bring more attention to the issue. Beyond the opioid epidemic, I am also interested in reporting on other topics that relate to mental illness. I am very passionate about mental health, suicide prevention, and other related topics. I think it is so important to talk about mental health, especially after we have experienced the collective trauma of COVID-19. I began college thinking that I would be a psychology major because I'm so interested in and passionate about mental health. However, I quickly became frustrated with the field. I didn't like how inaccessible the research was to the people that the psychologists were claiming to help. I found that my writing style, passions, and ideals were more in line with the Women's and Gender Studies Department. And finally, here's a bit of Sam's New York City story. I am currently completing my last semester of undergrad here in New York City. 
I am interning with Epicenter NYC as well as taking classes on photography and arts leadership. I'm a women's and gender studies major. I was born and raised on the Upper East Side of New York City and I'm currently living near Battery Park. I have really enjoyed living in and exploring a new neighborhood. Something that I love about New York City is how different each neighborhood is. It just takes a couple of stops on the subway to feel like you're in a completely different place. However, the amazing energy of New York City is always present wherever you go in the five boroughs. My favorite New York City sound has to be the combination of sounds that I hear walking down a street in the city. A mix of music from my headphones, traffic rushing by me, and the rumble of the subway from below. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Again, you can learn more about the organizations we featured today, like Samaritan Daytop Village, the Bowen Center, and the Bronx Opioid Collective Impact Project in our show notes. Also, make sure to follow us on social media to stay up to date on our new initiatives. We've linked to everything in our podcast description. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website, linked to in our podcast description.